Hey, I'm Andre. And I'm Jesus. And welcome back to the Let's Go to the Movies podcast, the podcast where every week we have a new guest and we talk about a new genre, a new movie, and you won't know what movie it is until we start talking about it. This week we are joined by Jasmine and we're going to be talking about 80s slasher flicks. And so the three that we have chosen are Nightmare on Elm Street, Friday the 13th, and Halloween. Jasmine, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, hey guys, um, my name is Jasmine. Um, I'm really excited to be on the podcast. I was one of the crazy few who found Andrea's TikTok and kind of went haywire, messaged him on TikTok, filled out the form, <laughs> messaged him on Instagram. So I was very uh, happy and excited to get invited in. Um, I'm kind of a little bit of a mix of both Andre and Jesus, where I don't have any background in film. I have no like teachings properly, I guess. Um, but I want to be in film one day like Andre, but also I'm just a huge movie like nerd like Jesus. And so uh -huh. <laughs> I'm excited to get in and yeah, thank you guys for having me. Perfect. Yeah, we're really glad that you're here. Um, so I guess to just start it off as usual, we'll kind of do like a round table of our thoughts on all the movies and do a rating out of 10, which we skipped a couple times already on the podcast we'll try to keep that a regular thing oh yeah that's true huh we forgot this on the other we episodes. forgot <laughs> we forgot about it last week but that's okay, first fine. things first though um what prompted you to choose these movies like what do you oh, like yeah these? of course um so i mentioned this a little bit when i talked to you guys previously but uh i kind of grew up in a very odd situation where some of my first uh, favorite films that I remember ever having were horror movies, um, which I guess is a little unconventional. Um, yeah. Uh, I just remember in elementary school when everybody else was coming as like pirates and princesses dressing up for Halloween. I was the kid showing up as like Fred Krueger and Nice, yeah. <laughs> and so... Um, it was just something that ever since I was a kid, me and my little sister have just been obsessed, I guess, with like slasher films because that was just something that we watched as kids. And it was the first thing. My little sister's like me, complete like movie nerd. And we're kids that all we had was uh, television. So we looked up as much information on movies as we could when we were little. And now we just have too much in our head. Um, <laughs> and so when you guys were like, oh, well, what, you would, uh, what would you like to talk about? I was like, might as well go with something that I have a little bit too much information on, which is yeah, that's yeah. great though. That's exactly what we like to have here. Yeah, that's so yeah. fun. Like that, that, uh, that reminds me actually. Um, have you all, you heard that streaming service Shutter? Right, it's just like nothing yeah. but horror movies. Yeah, I need to get a subscription to that. I do too. Surprisingly enough, I don't have it yet, and I've been getting more and more ads on my. Same. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah. Yeah, and eventually it's like I'm. It's starting to look a little, a little cool. It does. Oh, How much is it though? Nine a month. Okay, yeah. it's not too bad. Holy jokes! That's actually it's a little bit good. more. That's a little bit more than like the student prime. Yeah. Uh, yeah subscription. So bit. could huh. be tempting. Oh my gosh. Okay, I'm just trying to remember. Jesus, did you see yeah. all three of these before? Okay, I've seen bits and pieces of them, and I know. A lot from these movies but i have never officially sat down and watched them before okay for them cool. so we'll yeah, start like with I, you then for the initial like except on it Fr except for friday the 13th i think i did see that once with my mom yeah 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 i did um uh, right off the bat of course classic horror movies like the, the what's it called the special effects and everything you get that like i don't want to say nostalgic feeling because i wasn't really around then but i want to <laughs> like it's like a, it's like a it's like an older feeling right it's like oh yeah that's the uh that's the classic slasher movie i know and love you know uh so the difference friday the 13th of course that one stuck with me more because i had seen it before um no, not Friday 13. I'm on Elm Street. Why do I keep confusing those two? Anyway, it was like I really like the way they build the suspense with the uh, with the hand like, like mm -hmm. coming out of the water. You remember like that scene? Oh yeah. And uh, Friday the 13th has the classic, the the gore and the horror and everything else like that too. Oh, speaking of, have y'all seen the remake of that one? Yeah. Friday the 13th. Yeah. No, I haven't no? seen that. I've I seen... think it was, on, it was on Netflix for a while. It was brutal. Like it was yeah, worse than this one. Yeah. It was bad. It's cool though. I've seen very few of the remakes of like older horror films, but I should because yeah, I've the heard that they're like pretty bad. bad. Yeah. Yeah, they are. <laughs> a little bit. 
Uh, as for Halloween, though, that's the one that I knew like the least amount about. Okay. Like with um, yeah, like story wise and everything else wise. Like, yeah. Because I have seen, I know the characters and I know what happens and everything else. It's just like the deeper intricacies of it. I just wasn't really that sure of. But um, yeah. Overall, I pretty I, I like these the most. I will say, uh, if I had to rank them, I'd say. Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween, and Friday the 13th, in that order, from best to worst. Okay, interesting, Not yeah. to say that Friday the 13th is bad. Yeah, Understand. I mean, that's valid. I mean, we'll probably all have different op- opinions on different things, so... Yeah. Um, Jasmine, you can go next, if you would like. Okay. Um, most definitely. So, <clears throat> with my history of these films, um, the movies I've probably seen the most is the entire Nightmare on Elm Street series. Okay. Uh, I've seen them more times than I could count, and it's kind of embarrassing. But um, I definitely think that's my favorite of all. Uh, Halloween is typically seen as the classic uh, starter of the 80s slasher franchise. The Halloween mm-hmm. actually came out in 1978. And yep. so that was the thing where we've had slasher films before, but it started the whole entire like tsunami that took over uh, media then of, oh, I want to see more. I want to be more on the edge of my seat every time I see one of these types of films. And so I do have to say like Halloween's a classic, always go to, it started so many trends in the horror films. Oh yeah. Uh, but also just <laughs> Friday the 13th has the storytelling that I guess some of the other films don't where it goes very in detail with the family members as to like why everything's happening where Halloween and um, Nightmare on Elm Street they kind of give you a highlight of what's going on and they have like flashbacks of this is why this is happening but they never give you a full explanation until you go like way further in the franchise so I have to give it to Friday the 13th for like in the first film you get a complete layout of what's going on this is why it's happening and it sets up a really good storyline um so my ranking would probably be nightmare on elm street as the number one Mm -hmm. um and then i would actually put friday the 13th and then halloween okay all right cool yeah um as for me um i have like a love for horror films like it's definitely my favorite genre because it's like so versatile you can like literally do so much with it and there's so many things that haven't been done yet um but yeah as for these ones like three like of the most classic franchises in horror film like history and so i've seen nightmare on elm street twice now including the viewing for the podcast um, I haven't seen any of the other ones. I really want to because I know they get super campy and like self-aware, especially with New Nightmare. Yeah, yeah. Um, Friday the 13th, I've seen the first one like two and a half times because like we had like I was watching with my friends. And it was like 3 a.m. and we passed out halfway through. Mm. Um, but then I've, I've watched the majority of that franchise when it was on Amazon Prime this past halloween but i couldn't get through it in time before they got rid of it so i've seen like seven in the friday the 13th franchise um and as for halloween that's the one that i have seen the most i would say maybe i mean it's still not a lot i've seen it maybe three or four times and like that's the one that it's one of the earliest horror films i remember like my mom introducing me to because she loves horror films as well like she always grew up reading Stephen King, which she made me end up doing, too. Oh, that's um, interesting. I had, to, yeah. I had to sneak and watch the uh, the horror movies that I knew when I was a kid. Oh, damn. <laughs> yeah, like, she would just, like, show me. It's like, oh, this is gonna be on TV. We're gonna record it, and, like, we're gonna watch The Exorcist. We're gonna watch Poltergeist. And I'm like, okay. Cool. cool. I'm 11. Okay. This sounds <laughs> yeah. fun. Um, but, yeah, so, like, that was always a super enjoyable experience for me, and Kind of for that reason, even though it might be the more basic answer, Halloween is always going to be at the top for me, just because it's like, I can like yeah. have more of a history of like, I remember watching this with my mom, like this is like, earlier in my introduction to horror films, and also just, it's John Carpenter, and I love the thing, and like, 
just mm-hmm. hit the way that he could like infuse body horror into his films later because he didn't do that with halloween really yeah. um so that would definitely be num- by number one nightmare on elm street would be number two for me because it's also Wes craven i love like the scream franchise and like just the way that he can put together like a horror storyline and everything and it's also just the most outrageous one out of like those three franchises and it's because you never can really expect the visuals that you're gonna get at all because it's all stuff that like subverts your subverts your expectations (laughs) um and then friday the 13th like even though i love that franchise too it would just be it'd be number three but like that's not at all meaning that i don't like it it's just more so like what it like its importance to me it's just because I've oh, only it's a little recently down watched, there, yeah. it's just because I've only recently watched them. I ha- I don't have as got much of a history you. with those ones. Got That's right. You. you got that personal bias. So. Yeah. Well. Yeah. We, yeah. I'll just say that. <laughs> that, that yeah. Works. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but um, they were yeah, fun so, like, movies. They are. They yeah. really are. Like the <clears throat> one thing that I wanted to kind of mention because I also found it really interesting is that the horror genre at that time was like the introduction of so many like now famous actors and actresses like in those three that we watched for this week kevin bacon in friday the 13th yeah I'm looking johnny at the depp right now yeah johnny depp in nightmare on elm street and jamie lee curtis in halloween like that's <laughs> just insane yeah like, that was the film debut for each of them mm-hmm. and that's just crazy because well, now they're not associated with those, but well, actually, Jamie Lee Curtis is like yeah, now yeah. again associated with Halloween because like, oh, they're making the sequel to the remake in, like in a couple of years, I think. Yeah, no, next oh, word. Yeah, I think that one's called Halloween Kills or something like that. The thing that yeah. the thing that really uh really caught my eye was uh, Nightmare on Elm Street. I did not know that Glenn was Johnny Depp. <laughs> Yeah, I just told because, you that like ten minutes ago. Yeah, before we started the call, like I, I, I was looking at the thing, I was looking at the ratings, and I saw the cast. And I said Johnny Depp, what? And then I look him up, and it's like that. I see a side by side picture; they look nothing alike. Yeah, he changed so much. That was actually the, my first you know, movie that I ever saw with him before, like I ever saw Pirates of the Caribbean or anything. Oh wow! Mm-hmm. Oh, so you know? Okay, so you know him from then? Then okay, because I know him. Yeah, because because I know him from like. Uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, right? From, like, oh, God. Uh, he does yeah. not look like the same man in that movie. No, it's from a like different a person. Pirates of the Caribbean from Edward Scissorhands. I haven't seen yeah. that movie, actually. <gasps> oh, you need oh. to. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. But yeah, it's just so weird seeing him like that. For sure. Oh, man. It's just, it's insane. Like, that's how so many people got their start. Like, Jennifer Aniston in the Leprechaun franchise. Well, the first Leprechaun movie. Yeah, like, that's like one. such a weird deep cut to think about. But it's like seems so common for like that From time period. From rom coms and stuff. Yeah, and it was like <laughs> just having a start in that genre. It's like kind. It's like so obscure in a way because it's like these one off like low budget like slasher flicks that they're just in, and then all of a sudden, boom, they're famous stars well kevin bacon was also in tremors which yeah. were like another weird sci-fi oh, that was horror a fun type movie thing. i like that one yeah Otherwise, one thing i was really curious to hear your thoughts on jasmine was the difference in style between the three franchises because like they are categorized like equally together but like vastly different in the way that they're told i mean they have like a killer who's immortal se- seemingly immortal in all yeah. three franchises but like mm-hmm. That's the only thing that is really the same at like their yeah. core. So I'm curious to like know your like hear your thoughts on the different ways that those were put together. Yeah, no, most definitely. So the biggest thing like with the starting of the whole slasher films with Halloween, it was set up from the beginning when John Carpenter was like creating the character that he wanted Michael to be someone that in the end cannot be destroyed. He wanted someone that was always going to be a ongoing killer <clears throat> which i thought was so crazy because a lot of films are set up we have a bad guy we're gonna get the bad guy we get rid of the bad guy and occasionally um it became a trend with a lot of franchises where they do come back multiple times 
Um, mm-hmm. This was one of the first films where he said from the beginning, I want this to be an ongoing story. I want us to go into the history of Michael. And he also said, I want it to be simple. I want this to scare people because it's realistic. And that was something that started a whole new trend because mm-hmm. um, we horror films like Psycho um, from the 1960s where yeah. Norman was killing people, but he was more of a crazy person that didn't uh, coop with like all kinds of things that happened to him. And so he yeah. wanted similar with Michael, but he was like, I want this to be more out of this world. I want this to be more um, something that's going to haunt us for days and days. Um, like not everyone's going to have a Norman Bates where he's sitting in a hotel and freaked out about his mom's death. Excuse me. But um, we can have a Michael Myers who he is psychologically unwell. There's something else that's inside of him that's keeping him going. And he's Mm -hmm. in our same neighborhood. Like this is the guy down the road. This is the guy living in our hometown that we've known since we were kids. And he's out here murdering his entire family, killing everyone around him. And so that was something that like really set it apart back then was. Yeah. Thing that you watched and you came home, you locked all those doors <laughs> in your bedroom. Like, I got a fear paranoia. Yeah. Yeah. It started a whole new thing where people were just freaked out to be home. And I thought that was a crazy thing that changed with horror in general with slasher films. And Friday the 13th pretty much picked that up. And they're like, well, we're somewhere that people go that they feel safe. And now we're going to completely change that. And for them, it was camps. You always mm-hmm. go next summer camp. I'd, yep. Yeah. <laughs> and when they went, they were, you you feel like you can be there. You're going to sleep in your cabin. You're going to be safe. But now mm-hmm. oh, sure. there's someone in the lake who can get me. And it started a whole entire new freak out of people like, is it safe for me to go? Is there going to be a psycho out there trying to get me? And- oh, it's interesting that you mentioned that because, uh, yeah, with the oh, and then I don't know sure if you don't mention this. I didn't mean like intervene like that, oh, but uh, you're you're talking about like um, these characters <laughs> being like injected into their safe places and everything like yeah. that, and it gets pushed to its very furthest extent with Nightmare on Elm Street. Exactly. Yeah, because like so true. Yeah, oh my god. Because like you're, you're safe when you're asleep. You don't have to worry about anything when you're awake. But and Wes Craven ran with that idea. <laughs> oh yeah. That, no, not even when you're asleep. There's no way of escaping this. And that's the thing that I personally, I just have a soft spot for my Nightmare on Elm Street films, is that it's just so out of this world and something that I couldn't possibly think up of on my own. And this man said, oh yeah, there's going to be this guy. He's coming out of nowhere. It's someone that you trust or you thought you could trust. He worked at an elementary school as a janitor. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. He became this killer that not only is he killing my family, he's killing my children. So my kids aren't safe. That created a whole entire new fear of parents back in the 80s because there was so many kids that were disappearing. That was around the same time where kids on the um, milk boxes were really big. Yeah. And when interviews, that was a big inspiration. He's like, I want to pick on that like fear that parents have and make it bigger. And so it was so ingenious to me that uh, Wes Craven, he ran with it. He's like, when you're asleep, when you're dreaming, even if um, people who are lucid dreaming, um, and that's something that I would love to like hear you guys talk about, like how they Mm -hmm. talked about how dreams came to life. Mm -hmm. Um, Just each one is made so differently, but picks at the same fears that each person has. And then people, that's when a lot of people start saying, well, I don't want to go to bed. I don't want the lights to turn off. I don't. I want to keep the TV running in the background. Yeah, yeah, it's insane. And very good point about like invading your safe space. That's mm-hmm. absolutely like a through line with all of those movies. And like you could even say that for any horror franchise too, like Child's Play with a kid's doll. Like that's yeah. they're invading the safe space of a child's doll. Oh, but yeah, with child's. But totally. like, yeah, and so like, but focusing again, like on those three franchises, like it's insane like how impactful those movies have become because even when i was a kid before even knowing what those movies were i knew michael myers i knew freddy krueger i knew jason Voorhees. yeah and so i was afraid of that imagery of these characters those masks but i never saw those movies yet yeah and that's like 
really what made it like so much more elevated for me personally because it's like dang i can i was like terrified before even knowing why i should be terrified exactly yeah it's the characters that stand out the most is what i've noticed about these uh these older slasher films and everything else right like you may not remember like all of the scream movies you don't remember what happened or like all the twists and stuff like that you just remember the white mask yeah like, and uh and the yeah. knife yeah that's very true and, and i know that they, they what, what were you saying oh no no go ahead go ahead i was gonna say i know they uh they tried to do the same thing on on uh <laughs> netflix have you guys seen slasher i haven't yet no. I, haven't. I haven't okay but i haven't either but <laughs> i heard from my sister she said uh um she was explaining to me and it looks like they were trying to do the same thing because like i mean if it ain't broke don't fix it like why did they they they, they departed from uh from like these classic things like um starting to go into wait actually nightmare on elm street was like one of the first ones that kind of dipped into psychological horror wasn't it yeah it was yeah yeah because it starts like infecting your brain and stuff yeah they, like, they go uh, deep into that in the franchise too about um just the stuff. eventually at some point yeah, yeah i think i've seen uh have i seen okay i've seen i think i've seen all of them of the nightmare on the street movies oh nice how many are there um in four there are yeah i've seen three there's actually nine total uh okay so i have not <laughs> seen anywhere near <laughs> wait yeah. Really? Hold on. What? There's nine with the original actor Robert England as um Fred Krueger, and then there's okay. reboots without Fred Krueger. One only got um actually released. The other one got dropped. Oh, damn. why did I think there okay. was like four? Uh, there's four of the original story of the Dreamcatcher. Oh, okay, okay. And then they continued the story. That's why. Yeah. Right. Okay. Was the fourth so, one? Was that one New Nightmare? Uh, no. So that's actually the seventh film as New Nightmare. Oh my god, I, <laughs> I am so off with the timeline. I thought that that was the fourth movie that came out. Hold on, did oh. I watch the right movie? <laughs> <laughs> 1984, right? Yes. No, and okay. anything, like, just to, I know that <clears throat> at home can, like, see this. They can hear it, at least. Uh, y'all, just so that you can see the amount of things. I wrote down, this is all that I could remember. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. Yeah, for... I didn't remember. Yeah, for for the, uh, just uh, just as a reference, uh, she, her entire piece of paper is just like written top to bottom, and there's even stuff on the margins that's sideways. It, it's yeah, she two, has two full pages written on a legal oh pad. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, I like came in and I was like I was talking to my coworkers because y'all I've been so obsessed with like coming on this podcast. I'll be like <laughs> I like forget what I'm trying to say, and like they mention something and I forget. And they're like, yeah, sit down. And I like was busting a move, writing stuff down. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's but, a lot more preparation than what we do sometimes. So like, yeah, great on you, honestly. Yeah, yeah. that is that's Anything, awesome. I probably would just come in blind and hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> but I, my brain just was a little bit too much about the Nightmare on Elm Street film. So I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll like bring some fun facts. Uh, so I have a few. <laughs> nice. Go for it. Go for it. Um, but yeah, of the like original nine, like you were saying, Jesus, with the original mm -hmm. four, um, it's called the Dreamcatcher Children franchise, um, mm -hmm. because found oh. the same, I guess, era of kids from the 1980s through the 1990s. Mm -hmm. um, it's pretty much like generational. He goes after each generation that goes through his hometown, Springwood. Oh, okay. Um, Interesting. He's a Springwood slasher, but he just became so notorious. People just call him by his name, um, mm -hmm. Fred Krueger. And I just think it's so insane how detailed these people like went in on the like later films because they not only gave him a past and a future and like filled in all the spaces of like when he died to when he became this like powerful entity. Mm -hmm. They they didn't need to do that, but they did. No, they didn't. That's crazy, yeah. Yeah, and um, the movie that you were mentioning, um, Andre, the New Nightmare, um, pretty much. Yeah. Like you mentioned like being self aware for anyone like that doesn't know about this movie. It's something that was super unique at the time. Um, it came out in '94. Pretty much, it was the actors acting as themselves 
and their movie characters coming to life and affecting their real life. Um, like what? Yeah. And so Robert England was being haunted by Fred Krueger, um, the girl who played Nancy in the first film. She, her life was being torn apart, and Fred Krueger was going after her real-life daughter, who was also in the film. And, and Wes Craven was in it, too, yeah, which is... Craven. I, it's the only thing I know about it, really. Yeah, it, something that, like, if you ever just randomly have time and you're like, let's watch something crazy, watch that film. That's kind of like the, uh, yeah, that's a, that's a, that's the thing that I'm starting to see more and more often, like in the, uh, the Human Centipede movies, how like, yeah. the movies before were movies in this in-game, in this in-game, in this, in this movie universe, you know? Yeah, like exactly. Previous movie like, was a, talk about it, and they're like, yeah, they talk about it like it was a movie. Exactly, yeah. Like, the existence of the movies is crazy, and... I, I'm low-key happy it ended where it did, um, right around the time when they released um, The New Nightmare. The only movie they released after that was Freddy vs. Jason, which was kind of a throwback. Mm -hmm. Also, one of, weirdly enough, one of my top ten favorite movies. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah, and that that's one of the weird things where they have a tie-in with Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. But the reason, like, it's one of my favorites is because it brought it back to, like, the original two films where it talked about the original story. Oh. It pretty much dropped all of the in-between that you get with, like, the however many Friday the 13th movies, all of the original, like, ex I am. It, like, pretty much just starts from the beginning. That's what Leprechaun did. Yeah, exactly. And I think that's so smart that oh. That because it got so much hype that these two were getting crossed, but it also didn't cloud it up where people who've probably never seen the Nightmare on Elm Street movies or the Friday the 13th movies could watch Freddy vs. Jason. Like, Andre, you just knowing those two characters and be like, oh, this is a good standalone movie, and they fill you in with everything that you need. So, I love it. It's like a better version of Alien vs. Predator. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> Damn. Like, I would... I'm really curious to know, like, how they tied in those two universes. Because, like, I've only seen the first Nightmare on Elm Street, and I've seen seven of the Friday the 13th. Yeah. Because I'm, I'm just curious, like, is there, like, was there a tie-in with, like, some of the surviving characters or something like that? Or was it just they stumbled upon each other? Yes. Pretty <laughs> much they made it. Like the Spider-Man meme? Yeah. Pretty much they were like, oh, you're <laughs> in this universe, too. And... Freddy pretty much uses Jason to make people scared of him again, and it's uh, this oh. it's pretty much I was saying, hey, Freddy like lost all of his power, and no one's scared of Freddy anymore. But he's like, mm. people are scared of Jason. People are terrified of Jason. So like, yeah, that man's like what, like seven foot tall. <laughs> <laughs> he is like seven feet tall, and um, he's like, I'm gonna use this guy. And I know that he has these trauma issues from the original movie. And so they pretty much play homage to that and say, hey, your mother is out here and she wants you to kill again. And Jason's like, oh, mommy wants me to do this? Okay, bet, I'll do it. And Freddy takes all the credit for all the death. And so people get scared of Freddy and Jason until they pretty much face off. It's incredible film. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I, I want to see that. that so bad. Oh my god. It, it's a wild, like, trippy ride, but it oddly works so well together. Who made that exactly? Like, was Wes Craven, did he have any hand in it? or He did not. Oh. I'm, uh. I'm going to look this up while you guys can, like, talk. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, because yeah, sure. really the, the thing that I'm wondering is, like, uh, was it just some random dude that came in? Like, you know what would be really cool? If they kind of duked it out, you know, <laughs> like, because that's what it feels like Alien vs Predator was. Like, like, yeah. wow, what if we saw these two people fight? Or if it was and like, then, and then like, the it was potentially was like, like uh, if the two franchises were owned by the same studio, then it could be easily, oh, yeah, like hiring a new, like that, like hiring a new director to do that because that is what was that's what seems to be the like the most difficult thing to do. Like for Alien vs Predator to have happened, those two franchises needed to have been owned by the same company, or there was some deal between like the two a companies yeah yeah licensing deal where there was like a collaboration between the two companies that owned those uh properties but like because that's like i mean it's the same genre but it's clashing it all together it's it would be as if 
they tried to make a, a DCEU movie with an MCU movie together. That would be like so much money for Marvel and DC to like actually collab. Marvel and Disney. No, sorry, DC and Disney to collaborate on that. Yeah, yeah. So it was pretty much um, Sean Cunningham, who was the creator and director of Friday the 13th, was okay. friends with Wes Craven because they both created <laughs> Last House on the Left. Oh. Wes Craven gave him permission to work along and create the film, so they gave the idea to the director, Ronnie Yu, and he ran with it. Awesome. Okay. So, oh, that's really cool. The dire original directors had an idea and pretty much gave it away. But they did really well, and they used the original actors as well, which was nice. Oh, that's sick. Yeah, I need yeah. to watch that. For that sure. Oh. So, uh, the original Jason Voorhees is six foot five. Oh, six foot five. I, I felt like he was way. What? Damn. I thought he was like seven feet. I think like Mortal Kombat or something. They made him huge or like. Yeah, for game. sure. And then little Freddy Krueger at like five eight. <laughs> yeah, or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's true. Cause like the only thing that's really scary about Freddy is the way he looks. He's like not a very overbearing presence. Yeah, it's he just, just a... kind of looks like a like a crispy hot dog. You know. He's just a guy. Yeah, no, his only like fear factor he really has is like his ability to manipulate his himself pretty much. Yeah. He pretty the, much like, and the and the hand thinking. Yeah, the, that the goofy stretched out arm stick that's like uh, in the first one. I love that <laughs> so much. I forgot that that happened and I was literally laughing so hard because I was like I forgot how just like I guess like far back like practical I don't even know how to say that. Like practical setups of like gags, I guess that they do. Yeah, it was it was all practical effects. Like mm -hmm. that it, it wasn't. I don't think it was CGI. I don't think it, they had the ability to do that back then. Only CGI moments that they had were the blood. Anytime that they had blood on ra um, raining was the only time that they CGI'd a lot of that. Oh, that's interesting. Interesting. A lot. Oh, yeah. Fire was practical, a lot of the falls and all kinds of different stuff was practical, um, and pretty much the only time that they CGI'd was a lot of the blood factor, which I think is another just like really cool thing, comparing the three movies of like deaths and stuff, um, and how realistic things looked, I think Freddy Krueger has the best kills of the three murderers. It, oh, for sure. Weird thing to say, but um, just the way that you can like see the aftermath versus just a person laying there with a knife in them i think that that the amount of imagination that went into all of fred's kills was incredible oh yeah, yeah. like the creativity so, of it all like yeah johnny depp getting sucked into his bed yeah and then it like, and yeah, then that was weird reverse waterfall like the mother who just gets like sucked into like the portal in her bed and all that like that's just insane the one the one moment that i'm very curious to know how they filmed in uh the first nightmare on elm street is when the i forget the character's name but i think she's the first to die she's like writhing on the ceiling yes. while the boyfriend is just like sitting up staring at her yeah. like, i'm assuming it was like some type of superimposition mm -hmm. but like yeah. it's like so seamless i was like looking at it i was like i can't tell that the boyfriend was placed into this shot because there's no way that they had her crawling up there with <laughs> harnesses and stuff like that was definitely just flipped over yeah but then you can like see them both i thought that was such a crazy thing too uh oh my gosh i i don't understand the majority of how they do any of that but i thought each killing that they had in the um nightmare on elm street the first one was crazy like tina being on the ceiling rod i my brain can't wrap around how they had the blanket going around him and going up above. And I, I oh, yeah. That it's oh, a yeah. spring on it, but my brain tells me no. <laughs> and so I don't understand that either. So all of it is just insane to me. Yeah, there's so many... About... Oh, go ahead. Uh, it was, I was just going to say something about Glenn's kill. Um, it was like... Uh, it was like a really old mattress, because whenever you <laughs> sat on it, like you like, you, like bolt into it. You know, oh my god, like, that's so true. It's like it's like shaped to him, like ew, bro. Like, like it was that thirty-year-old mattress. It was just empty. There was nothing yeah. inside of it. Yeah, and he gets like sucked in through it. Oh my gosh. <laughs> the um, yeah, like the 
whenever there's like those insane practical effects in Nightmare on Elm Street, that's like it's so impressive. But yeah. then there's like one moment that I'm like, okay, if you didn't expect it, then it could have been scary. But because I know it's there, when I rewatched it, I was like, this is the dumbest shit I've seen. Mm-hmm. It's the mouth on the bottom part of the phone. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh, that yeah. is, like, um, it's so goofy, but I love it. It's so dumb. I, I Man. literally, they continue that, like the campy, weird, like ready creatures that they have. They do that throughout every movie, and it's the funniest thing ever, because if you think about it, if it was done now, it would look way different, but and they were trying to pretty much make a good one on a budget, Mm -hmm. and you could tell on a lot of things. Somewhere there is a prop collector that has that phone. (laughs) Oh my god. I need and to I, uh, them and keep I it. I want to. Yeah. That would be so funny. Any like replicas of it or something like that? <laughs> Man. Honestly, everything. It reminded me. It honestly reminded me a lot of like the Evil Dead 2 and like yeah. that level of campiness, like with a bunch of different moments. Mm-hmm. Like, because it felt like just the the way that like the mouth on the phone moved, it felt very stop motion esque, which is exactly how a lot of Evil Dead 2's moments were filmed. It's like, it, I was just loving every minute of it when I saw that part. Yeah, no, it was so cool. I love it. Okay, um, I wanted to focus as well on, we talked a lot about Freddy's introduction into like his world, like his backstory. I want to also talk about, I want to kind of shift over to Halloween because we've talked a little bit less about Halloween. Yeah. And like yeah, Mike yeah. Myers, because I th- always thought that, um, the fact that Laurie Strode is Mike Myers' sister was like in the first movie, mm-hmm. but I, I rewatched it. Clearly, I was wrong. It, um, it must be in the second one, then, right? It's not until the third movie that they even talk about them being siblings. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my god. What yeah, the heck? The second one, um, they don't really focus on her as much. Like, that's and- in the hospital, right? Yeah. Yes. And. Okay. They focus more on the psychological evaluation of uh, Michael and how he needed treatment. And then they eventually go back and they're like, oh, by the way, the reason why he has this affection and like affiliation towards her and like wanting to do whatever to her is because they have the sibling bond. And you're like, where did that come from? That's like some Freudian Oedipal level shit there. Yeah, it was actually... (laughs) was definitely something that was like thrown in and not exactly like planned at first and they're like oh that would be a cool tie-in for us to do it's true because like i mean it is it does seem kind of strange in the first movie that he's hyper fixated on Lori. because mm-hmm. like there's i don't if i'm remembering correctly she didn't do anything that caused him to like constantly follow her he just started doing that really but like yeah i was completely off i don't know how i knew that information then because I've only seen the first and second. Have you, that's did, really that's really weird. What? Did you not see the newer one? I haven't yet. No. Is that the entire story of the new one is about their sibling connection? Oh, okay. Interesting. Like the one that came out like 2 years ago? Mhm. Okay, cool. Yeah, that's it's on my list like I it's on Netflix ready to be watched. I just haven't gotten around to it yet. But yeah, like okay, cool. So it was introduced in I guess technically the fourth movie then, because the third one is the weird season of the witch with the masks yeah. that blow up or something like that. They That's the one thing with the Halloween franchise, they go down a very weird path that I don't, I haven't looked it up to see if like there's multiple directors that took on the story over time. I haven't looked into that one as much, but they go down a line where they talk about how uh, Michael's soul was given to Satan at some point and how he has this demonic presence inside of him and that's what gives him the urge to kill. It's kind of out of left field, but okay, do, yeah. Like I think it, the sixth or so film. The main question I have is uh, why was there a mask in the hardware store? <laughs> oh my it's God. a hardware store. Why is there a, a silicone mask? That's like, so true. 
Just just as uh just a regular old mask with a little bit of hair on the back. You never know if you just need to yeah protect and your. Then, like, <laughs> what chose him to grab that? Like you know, I was like, yo, let me let me grab this real quick. Like just, like what? Yeah. Like, he, it's I, like say that's not a question they would ever bring up. And Jesus, you need to find this answer. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah, is so man. funny. And oh uh, a fun fact: uh, the knife that he uses, I actually have one of those kitchen knives. It's like a Victorian Knox, like one of those wooden ones. Oh my god! Whoa! Yeah, it's like it's huge. The chef's knife. That thing is like this big. That's crazy. Like it's, it's like it's like eight inches, eight and a half inches, something like that. It's oh a my giant god. chef's knife. Yeah, that thing's intimidating. Just using it. I used it to cut watermelon. <laughs> well, not anymore. Cause there's no watermelon in season, but yeah. It's all right. Oh man, damn! But this, but yeah, that's it's like the whole thing with the way that the I like kind of just know very limited information about how the series goes i just know that there was like the weird one-off movie for the season of the witch that makes no sense no and as they go i don't think any really connect other than michael um and i think that's such a strange thing and like i said i need to do more research to find out why it went down the way it did yeah they start talking about him having a connection to um, demons and that there's like this all-powerful source pushing him to kill and it's not at all mentioned in the first like three or four films I don't think it's in the <laughs> fifth or sixth movie um, and then they pick it up when I believe it's um, Rob Zombie redid it at one point yeah in like 2007 I think. yeah yeah entire thing was that it was like a satanist cult thing and that he was like getting all of these souls and like killing everybody and oh that's very rob zombie yeah. yeah gory to be gory it was raunchy to be raunchy don't recommend it in the slightest but um they also it, make the kid michael very creepy looking in that one whereas like in the original he's just like a sweet little innocent kid yeah that, he's like, a little kid that and just I, killed his sister yeah mm. that <laughs> like, yeah, as you do as a wee tot, right? Yeah, exactly. Oh my god. Kill my sis. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, like, I know that at some point, I mean, after the second one, Jamie Lee Curtis is nowhere in the franchise until Halloween H2O, which mm -hmm. already, what title is that? Like, I haven't seen, like, Wait, I haven't what? seen any of them after the second one, but I just Halloween know H2O. that she's back. Yeah. And then... The, the title doesn't really give it justice in the slightest. And then, like, doesn't she die in that one, too? She won't have to do with anything. You think she dies. <laughs> but then she dies in Halloween Resurrection. Is that a movie that exists, or did I just make that up? Um, that I'm not seeing. Wait, That's hold the on. I don't know as much about. Um. Halloween Resurrection. Did I just make that up? I, I feel like, like I did. No. Yeah, it exists. Oh, it does exist. Okay, thank yeah. God. Yeah. I'm not crazy. 2002. All right. Oh, oh 2002. Oh. Yeah, July 12th, 2002. Yeah, Damn. so it was right before that, and the reason why it's called H2O is Halloween 20 years later. So, just uh, H20. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. But everyone calls it H2O. Um,. And that's still crazy. But pretty much uh, Jamie Lee's um, character pretty much fakes her death. And she does this like multiple times throughout the series. Um, oh. you, in the new series, she fakes her death again because she was hiding from Michael because she has a whole family. And right. she able to find out that she has a family. Okay. So we'll see if it happens again <laughs> in the next one. Yeah, I mean, the next one's actually coming out this year. I was wrong. It's oh. not in a couple of years. It's this October. I'm and I love how, like, sick. one of the creators is Danny McBride. Like, the comedian. What? What? Yeah, like, what? he's, like, the one that, like, came in and was just like, we're gonna remake Halloween with, oh. with Laurie Strode. That, I mean, it's a smart idea, especially for people who are like me, who upset about the original films of these. But... Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, I've been meaning to bring this up too. Uh, in um, in Friday the Thirteenth, just to hop back to that one for one <laughs> quick second, he uses a machete, right? That's like obviously the classic weapon that, that yeah that Jason where he uses. 
But that machete does not act like any machete I have ever interacted with. <laughs> that is a stiff long. and incredibly thick machete if he can pull the same stuff off with, with something like that. You can't stab through like a door or something with one of those. They're like super flexible. So I, I love how they uh I love how they like pull in that uh like maybe, maybe not sort of thing, you know? You get that like the uh, the cheesiness of it too. Oh, I did want to ask you guys, how did you? Because I didn't mention this, I didn't know if you guys knew this already. What did you think about the aspect of the main killer being Jason's mom in the beginning of it all? I, I like that. Loved it. I mean, I that's what's up. Yeah. I mean, growing up, I kind of got every horror movie spoiled for me basically because like when I was a kid, I stupidly would watch like those Watch Mojo videos all the time. <laughs> I'm like, I don't know why I would do that, because, like, now I, like, I would be like, oh, I want to watch this horror movie. Oh, wait, I got spoiled this five years ago, and I can, I can still remember it. So I, I, I like knew. how they did that. Yeah, yeah, I, like, love how they did that in Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. And then, like, it's super interesting how they actually bring Jason into the franchise in the second one. Mm-hmm. Because, like, it's literally completely unexpected. Mm-hmm. But it's... It does make sense though, because throughout, whenever it's like a local person that gets killed, they're like, "It's you," and then they just die. So it's like obviously not some being that is yeah. coming back to life. It's somebody that they know. So that's that was like a really interesting beginning for it. And it yeah. would have been neat if they. I mean, it's still kind of tied in with that, with like the mom haunting Jason, like yeah. post mortem, and like he he's like obsessed with following what mommy wants. Yep. It's like, sad in that aspect too, though. Because it, it, like, it's kind of sad too. Yeah. Like Jason wasn't really. He didn't. He didn't really mean to, you know. Like he's uh, he wasn't. He wasn't a hundred percent well, and his mom just kind of. Well, yeah. He kind of got hermited yeah. somewhere. I'm guessing. I don't yeah. really remember the second movie. Yeah, they don't really explain it like completely, but a huge aspect is um jason's mom thought that he died as a child like when he drowned Mm -hmm. and he did drown but he actually lived through the drowning like he was able to revive and um, live and he ended up he only has the mind of like an 11 year old boy because he fell under he had no social interaction after that and he doesn't really start his killing until he finds out that his mother's dead and that's kind of what drives everything and he just happens to be freakishly strong. Yeah, and, and he, he just has a really close bond with his mom. He just really wants, you know, follow in her steps. He yeah, at least in the first movie. It's not Norman Bates level. No. But it's, yeah. but it's still, it's like more sad. Yeah, it's, it's a lot more, I think, damage that he went through. His only experience as a kid was um, almost dying, no one finding out that he survived, finding out that his mom is dead and that the reason she died was because he was she was revenging his death and he's like well and hers exactly (laughs) ongoing and they mention this in uh freddy versus jason they like bring back um jason's mom and they like show an aspect between them two like her spirit i guess still communicates with him and it's like i need you to pretty much continue what we started. I want you to continue mm-hmm. um, this so that we can stay alive, so that they can stay scared of us. Um, so that, like this doesn't happen again or something like that. Where like, sh- in reality, mom just wanted, no one wants their kid to die that young because teenagers were off doing teenagerly and not to teenager stuff out in the yeah. world, not paying attention to the kids who are at the camp. Exactly, yeah. Oh, uh, and then uh, just a question out of curiosity. What do you think, out of all the weapons, out of anything that you could use, what do you think would be, like, the scariest weapon to have in a horror movie? Like, the like for the, uh, for the, for the, for the main antagonist? Oh my god. That's a difficult question. First thing that's, the yeah. first thing that popped to my head, of course, Chainsaw's always classic, right? So I don't want to say Chainsaw. A sledgehammer. Oh my god. Like, a huge <laughs> sledgehammer. Oh jeez! Imagine, bro. Like, like you know. How I you don't want to. <laughs> I'm like, the, no, no, no. Wait, hold on. No. I'm talking about. Like, <laughs> like, 
you know how with the axe, right? You bust down the axe, or like with a knife, they like chop down the door, right? They start like stabbing through it. And stuff. <laughs> oh, you just yeah. slam, a, throw a sledgehammer through a door. Bust it down with this. Dude. <laughs> I didn't even think. Yeah, I want like a heavy duty like. I want a sledgehammer. Fighter sledgehammer. Um, yeah. I'd say that like the main antagonist for a horror film should be a wrecking ball operator. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Not like gonna lie. Excavator, just like. Or a dude with an excavator. I love that. Yeah, it's like the it's like the movie Christine where the car's haunted, but no, it's yeah. a wrecking ball. Yeah, yeah like, that'd be cool. Huh. Oh my god. There's, oh my god, there's actually a movie that exists. It's on Prime Video in Canada at least. So I haven't seen it yet, but it, I want to. It's called Rubber, and it's about a haunted tire yeah, that kills yeah. people. It and it's like running around it's, and like it's not even thing. like an actual like the metal part of a like a, of a car wheel. It's just mm -hmm. the rubber tire. Mm-hmm. And I watched the trailer. It's hypersexualized for some reason. And it's just this tire that goes around and kills people in this like desert town. Yeah. And it is the funniest idea I've ever heard. It's just ridiculous. I've and it's from like the like recent years too. It's not an yeah, old it's movie. Not, it's not very old. It's 2011. Yeah, 2011. Oh my god. Oh, and it's a French-made independent film. It's French? Yeah. Wait, that is no. Which, uh, independent. So it's, it's like it's made by the people, but it's Oh my god, it's a Canadian movie. No way. Wait, really? Oh. Are you serious? <laughs> made by... That is so funny. It's no. The director's a Canadian. Yeah. Yeah, it's a Canadian-based film. That is... that is so hilarious. That is awesome. Okay, all everybody that's listening to the podcast, watch the 2010 film Rubber. Yeah, you'll watch. It. Next time Jasmine comes on, we're gonna talk about Rubber. I. I <laughs> oh my god! Right now and watch it as soon as possible. <laughs> it's a horror comedy. That's what it's classified as. So it's not supposed it's to be remake. taken seriously. It's a remake. It's a yeah. No. Oh my god. <laughs> Wait, there was an older movie called Rubber too. No. Was there? What's it's got a Wait, hold on. I'm confusing myself. I'm looking now. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Okay, so no it isn't. Never mind. I'm okay. <laughs> Wait, I'm, okay, I'm, I'm going insane. The same thing. Oh no, that's different. Okay. It says remake of rubber 2019. But I think that's something else. It might be a film we can't really talk about on the podcast. Not opening. Or we can, but we'd have to put the explicit content warning. Yeah, we'll, we'll hold off. We'll hold off. But anyways, everybody listening, please watch the Canadian horror comedy film Rubber, because we will talk about it in the near future. That is that is hilarious. Oh my god. Oh yeah, we'll definitely have to like look up just campy, good old horror films. Like sure. pieces. Pieces. Oh, you haven't heard of that one? No. Uh -uh. Look it up. It's like it's a. Uh, it's uh It's another classic, like a uh, uh, slasher from like that too, where this guy like uh he gets like pieces of these of these people and he like stitches them together to make like some Frankenstein thing. Oh, there's a remake called Patchwork. Super campy. I haven't seen Patchwork, but I know about it. It's. I've it's seen awful. Patchwork, and it's really. Oddly grotesque and weird, but kind of a good story. <laughs> um, okay. So I'll definitely have to look up that movie too. Damn. Oh yeah. Uh, also, speaking of, because um, uh, the reason I, I brought up that 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 weapon question, like what would be the scariest weapon? Because I saw there's another movie called The Burning. This guy uses giant edge clippers. Oh my god, I don't like that. That's like the Scissorman from uh, what's it called? The Dark Tower? Bell Tower? The Tower? The Dark... Like, old point-and-click adventure game? Oh. Um, clock Tower. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, the Clock Tower. So this is called Clock Tower. This dude uses, like, a giant pair of scissors. Okay. Oh, yeah. So many different things. And then there's, like... Oh, I also... There's something about just the idea of being a antagonist with a hook from, like, uh, I Know What You Did Last Summer. The guy... Or Candyman? Hooks everyone. Oh yeah, or like the uh, 
like the really stupid like story that was like a meme on online mandor hook car hand door i don't know if you guys have seen have read that no mandor hand hook car door no. Wait, really? Okay, hold on. I'm gonna do a dramatic reading, and then that could maybe be the closing of the podcast. Man, <laughs> hand, hook, car, door. Okay. Um. Wasn't, so he, wasn't like was there a dude with a hook for a hand in Candyman too? Candyman, oh, yeah. I think yeah, he does have one. Yeah. Have you guys seen Candyman? I've yeah. seen the original. The remake's yeah, coming. We need to do an episode on that. The remake oh, yeah. is coming. This oh, yeah, a remake. Produced oh. by jo- Jordan Peele, I think. Yeah, I'm really. Good. I did not know that. Whoa. Okay. Uh, adding so many like um, they're supposed to be like uh, modernizing it and introducing like racism aspects of. So I'm excited. Okay. That will that will be really interesting. Yeah, because that is like they kind of glossed over that in the original movie. Like there mm-hmm. is a lot of undertones of that, but mm-hmm. it's never focused on. Okay. <clears throat> Here's a dramatic reading. Um. Man and girl go out to drive under moonlight. They stop at on at a side of road. <laughs> he turn to the girl and say, baby, I love you very much. What is it, honey? Our car is broken down. I think the engine is broken. I'll walk and get some more fuel. Okay, I'll stay here and look after our stereo. There have been news report of stereos being stolen. Good idea. Keep the doors locked no matter what. I love you, sweaty. <laughs> So the guy left to get full for the car. After two hours, the girls say, Where is my baby? He was to be back by now. And the girl hears a scratching sound and voice say, Let me in. The girl doesn't do it, and then after a while, she goes to sleep. The next morning, she wakes up and finds her boyfriend still not there. She gets out to check, and man door hand hook car door. Yo, that was like a creepy pasta that was like that posted of, online somewhere. That reminds oh me of God. the Who Was Phone. Have you heard the Who Was Phone? No. It was like one that's I'm read it really fast. It says, "So you're with your honey and you're making out when the phone rings. You answer it and the voice goes, "What are you doing with my daughter?" You tell the girl. She says, "My dad is dead." Oh. Then who was phone? <laughs> <laughs> then who was phone? Oh my god. <clears throat> so anyways, I think we need a modern retelling of Mandor Handhook Car Door and yes. the yeah, phone. Needs- yeah. Okay, one more thing I kind of wanted to bring up before closing it out is for Friday the 13th, I really found it interesting how I always thought that it was, oh, Jason is just this like indestructible human being, which he turns into. But, like, it isn't until, like, the fourth or fifth movie, I think, where Jason actually dies. Mm -hmm. And then the one one after that is Jason lives and lightning strike, brings his corpse back to life. And then that's when we get to see, like, the, like, rotting Jason, which is, like, the one that everybody knows now. And, like, that, I always just found that really interesting, how they just, like, basically had this guy keep on surviving and thriving throughout like the first four well with not counting the first movie but like the second to like the fourth or fifth and it's just like oh he's just that brute force that can survive this but then he just kicks it but then comes back that was like whenever he becomes supernatural right yeah that was that was always really cool because like i still haven't seen jason takes manhattan and jason x which I desperately want to see Jason X because that is so funny. I want to though, that's the thing. Even if I don't need to, that is like top of the list. I want to see Robo like Jason in space. In space movie. The what? What are they always end up going to space? Have you ever heard of that one? Leprechaun <laughs> go to space? Yeah, Leprechaun goes to that's space. That's the fourth Leprechaun. one. That's the fourth one, I think. I and have like, seen that, and I need to now. And then there's like Sharknado in space. Every horror movie yeah. franchise needs to, at it the point where there's space. seven movies, they need to go to space. I want to see a Freddy Krueger in space. Bro. I know, I'm ready for Freddy in space. That would be it. so cool. Child's on, Play in space. That would actually work a lot better than the other movies in space, because it's like falling asleep. That's true. People sleep in space. Mandor oh, yeah. Handhook Car Door in space. 
in space. Yeah. <laughs> that would be that would be a great watch. Oh my gosh. Who is phone space? <laughs> who is phone space? Yeah, who is phone? No, like not who is phone in space, just who is phone space. <laughs> who is phone space? <laughs> oh my god. I love that it. Would I love it. We need to, we have to have, have that for each of them. Yes. Okay. I think we'll I think we'll just like we'll cut this part up. Right? We're just gonna figure out a way to finish the episode. Like a no, cold... no, no, you're looking at you. End it, end it. Right now.